you've ever heard me preach, you've probably seen me cry. And uh, tonight's probably going to be extra watery. And I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> I don't use hankies. <laughs> I've been stripped of most everything, but I'm not going to use a hanky. <laughs> um, but just so you guys know, I mean, that's, that's, I'm not going to preach to you tonight. It's, it's going to be much more if you were sitting in my living room and you asked me what the last month has been like. Um, I'm just going to talk to you about this last month. Uh, a lot of you probably came to, to see me again. Um, and to support me. Some of you may be because you knew Thursday, or Saturday nights we have a worship service, but uh, um, I'm, I hope you're here to hear about Jesus. Um, I'm going to tell you about my experience, but uh, as much as I've ever been aware, I don't bring anything to the table. And I want to tell you about an awesome God. To give you all some of the details of uh, kind of the illness and the things that went on, about a month ago I started feeling sick on a baseball road trip and just thought it was the flu and um, I just backed off a little bit, threw one round of BP instead of three, you know, that kind of thing, and um, got home and started feeling extra sick and I thought officially I'm sick. Uh, but it was about a week into it, so we figured it, it's, you know, the virus just run its course and we'll be good. And um, woke up Monday and my arm was, wasn't working real well, my left arm, and thought, what in the world is going on here? So I uh, drove to, to work and uh, my wife and her friend Sarah were saying, you got to go to the doctor. And I promised them I would, um, but I was going to go to work first and went to work and my dad uh, and others said, you, you can't be here very long. So I went to the doctor and uh, did some various tests and things, and uh, things came back negative, and then went to Mayo and uh, went there to uh, see what else was going on. And uh, four days later, I uh, woke up and I couldn't walk. Um, and basically what has happened, they don't know what the virus is or um, kind of what started it, but my immune system started attacking that and then started attacking my interior horn cells and my spinal cord. And um, as a result, uh, lost use of kind of the communication from my uh, spinal cord to my muscles, and so um, I have a good bit of movement. I know when you guys are uh, just looking at pictures of steel frames on carrying bridge and stuff, you just have no idea what to expect, um, but by God's grace, my right arm has been intact pretty much. I can move lower part of my legs. Uh, just things close to my bodies aren't working real well. They're my core. Um, my left arm is, is pretty weak, but it's functional, um, and so uh, here we sit. And uh, without any ability to, to stand, um, little ability in my left arm, and it happened, uh, happened real fast. And it's always one of those things that uh, you don't need to try to imagine what it would be like. Um, you can't, and you don't need to. Uh, most of my life I thought, well, I think the worst thing that could happen is to lose your ability um, and to, to be paralyzed, and, and here we are. Um, and thinking about it, uh, I, could, I couldn't bear this. I, I could not do that. Uh, knowing some of the heartache that some of you have gone through and other people have gone through and being at Mayo and seeing little kids and old people um, have to deal with all these things, um, I, I couldn't do that. And, and yet here we are walking through this. And uh, that's kind of how I want to tell you how um, and, and what it's like to, to be sitting here 
um, unable to walk, uh, but life still goes on. And so if you would, um, pray with me. Uh, Jesus, you know, you know my desire tonight, and um, I, don't, I don't often feel awkward speaking about you, but tonight I do, and uh, that's kind of par for the month. And, uh, but what you've shown me this month, and I trust to know that you'll show me again tonight, is um, you do what you want, and you have your way, and it's good. Um, you're about your glory. You're about loving your children. And so I would ask that your spirit would uh, just be all over this, uh, that you would um, open our ears and our hearts to hear you, um, that you would speak through me, and that uh, as a result we would know you more fully, that I would experience you more fully tonight, that all these could, could know you on a deeper level, um, and we could um, be about your business and loving each other and worshiping you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Uh, probably the word that sums up uh, this experience the greatest is weakness uh, in, in every sense. Um, physically, I, I can't do anything. Um, there's things that uh, I, I want to do when I hear a bump in the night. I can't get up and check it for my family. Um, I was at a baptism the other day, and a little girl was playing by the lake. And, you know, my mind goes to, I got to be on. I got to be ready. And my mind still went there, but I, couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. And so there's a big, um, big element where you just feel, I'm not able. I can't, I can't do certain things. Uh, all kinds of fun things that, that we all do and that I have always done my whole life. And, you know, my, my, my drive in life or one of my, I guess, my theories was if you continue to move and you continue to squat, you know, three days a week, you'll be able to do that till you're 80. You just can't stop. Just don't stop. And, um, and, and now I can't. And um, for right now, that's okay. Uh, and the reality of recognizing your own weakness physically is a, is a huge deal. Um, but specifically weakness emotionally, uh, weakness spiritually, um, just in every sense of the word, there's just been a, a complete stripping. And um, this whole time, I'm incredibly thankful. My wife, Sherry, and I have been, um, by God's grace, I feel like just locked in together um, with really our theology. And uh, God has, um, I've never, I haven't doubted his love in this. Uh, he's allowed me by his grace not to ask why. It seems silly to me to ask why. Um, I, I know why in one sense. And he's, Job 23.10 is one of my favorite verses. And it says my, something like, my God knows what he's doing with me. And when he's finished, I will come out as pure gold. And uh, that's the promise that is for me, is for you. Uh, circumstances don't change that. We have promise after promise after promise of God working all things to the good for those who loved him and are called according to his purpose. And so I, I trust that and I believe that. And uh, part of that I think is uh, when God invades your life and you experience him in the everyday over and over and over, you, it doesn't really feel like a choice to me. Um, if, if it feels kind of like, is it Peter that says, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Um, and so on one sense, looking out, trying to look in and imagine yourself there, it just doesn't work. Um, but, but when you're there, uh, it's almost like, I, I don't have a choice. I know my God, and uh, I know what he's about, and I know what he's doing as much as I, I don't like it. Um, and so the first couple weeks of Mayo, probably the first week and a half, 
um, is where I probably experienced, I guess we've kind of been calling it this, just moments of darkness um, like I never have in my life. There was, you know, the battery of tests and things like that are, are one thing. Um, I keep track, I kept track for Callie because she hates shots and I had over a hundred needles in me in the couple weeks. Um, and those things, that's one thing, and you get a little nervous when you have a spinal tap, or you maybe get a little nervous when they do these, you know, they stick needles in you, and you gotta flex your muscles to, to check your nerves and stuff, but um, none of that compared to the MRI for me. <laughs> and uh, a lot of you have heard my Hezekiah Tunnel story, uh, and the, the uh, claustrophobia that set in a couple years ago when we were in Israel, and um, that was one of the first time in my adult life, so it was a couple years ago, that I really felt um, that severe of fear. And God has just spared me from that um, socially and physically that it just hasn't been there. And uh, I think you maybe gave me a, a precursor for, for going through this. But Hezekiah's tunnel, I was, I was scared and I was afraid. And uh, the claustrophobia thing just kind of haunted me. Um, felt anxiety probably for the first time at that level. Uh, but we walked through it and it was something that I was glad I walked through. And, and really this experience, not being able to, to get from here to there, um, crazy similar feeling for me. Uh, just the, the claustrophobic feeling, the, uh, the anxiety that, that comes and goes in waves, uh, particularly that first couple weeks, and it still comes, but at Mayo, um, was just incredibly similar. And, and part of what I, uh, I guess, recognized is there's a lot of my life where I felt... Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to, the movies I love, like Braveheart, and, and a lot of times the main guy dies, and, and it's beautiful to me. It's, it's, you know, Stephen is the martyr, and we love that. And it's like, if you're going to go, that's how you want to go. And um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm far less courageous than I was, because uh, you just recognize your utter bankruptcy of anything. Um, I've, from all of you, I've, I've probably been been called uh, a warrior more than I have in these three weeks in my whole life, and I feel anything but. Um, this is, is the least I have felt like a warrior in my whole life. Um, and, and a part of me knows that's a beautiful thing. Uh, when Paul says, when I am weak, I am strong, um, I can't say that to you with... Um, a loud voice uh, anymore. It's, it's just recognizing your weakness, and then God does what he does. And many of you guys know that. Um, we preach that our whole life. And, and I, I, I don't think we did any, I don't think I did anything wrong two months ago when I was saying the same thing. Uh, I believed it then, but I think God brings me and has brought me to uh, just a different level and a different, uh, you know, we've talked about this People have prayed for humility for me for years. Um, I've prayed for it for the last couple years. And, uh, and now this is, uh, we're here, and uh, we still have a long ways to go. Um, and so in, in one sense, I think this is a, a, a perfect place to be, um, to recognize that God has, is, uh, is conforming me, and he's refining me. And, and the crazy thing is, every single person sitting out here, he's doing the same thing, too. Um, and he does it in different ways, and, and you, you don't have to fear this, uh, or what God, what's God going to do to you? He, I don't believe he, 
I think he disciplines us and he challenges us and he tries us with as little a pain as possible to conform us. Um, but just like our children, uh, sometimes just a, hey, don't do that, doesn't work. Um, and so he, he, he doesn't go out of, of anger and vengeance to, to put you in a wheelchair or to cause sickness or to take away a friend. Um, it's part of living in a fallen world. And he spares us from so many of those things. But I think in all of those things and in spite of all those things, he promises that he is conforming us to the image of Christ. And, and that's a good thing. We talk about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Um, and for probably the last five years, God has, from different people and different conversations and different things I've read, uh, really shown me that part of the deal with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because I never really got that name. I didn't understand that. And I think a part of it, um, certainly not all of it, but a part of it is the reality that it's not my job. The reason I don't eat from that tree is it's, it's, not, it's for us to imitate God in love, but not necessarily in knowledge. Not necessarily, it's not my job to decide what is good and to decide what is evil. That's God's job. And in a lot of ways, certainly this is a result of being in a fallen world um, where this isn't the original design. And um, one day, whether on this earth or in the next life, I'll be out of a wheelchair. Um, and that will be God's, uh, you know, bringing us all to our new bodies. Uh, but the reality is we'd, we'd look at this and we'd say this is bad. Um, and again, that's not my job. And if this is going to make me more like Christ, how dare we say that this is bad? And as much as I want to get better, and as hard as that is to, in a sense, say to you, I believe it. And the other side of weakness is, it's not strength for me to believe that. Um, again, I feel like it's not a choice. I feel like it's something that God is acting upon me to give me this faith that uh, he, is, he has led me all my life. And for me, there's, there's a great beauty in knowing that a lot of times something like this, people will, will come and, and say how it radically changed their faith. And, and it's radically changed my life. Um, but because of God's pursuit since I was born, uh, it's not radically different. And that is a huge grace. And there's something so precious about that for me that certainly I hope to experience him more and I am in different ways. Um, but because of his pursuit with me, that Jesus is still Jesus. And he's, in a sense, the same as he was two months ago for me. Um, and so there's a carryover that, again, for me personally, is just precious. Um, it hasn't been a radical change. And I, I can tell you now, as certain as ever, um, that's because he has chased me and pursued me and drawn me out and taught me and gifted me with people uh, my whole life. And I see uh, similarities when, when David fought Goliath, and you think, how does this, this young man come up and, and speak these words of confidence in the face of this giant when everybody else is, is scared? And, and he's just there with confidence, total confidence that um, God will deliver me, uh, deliver you into my hands, and give us a victory, and that everyone will know there is a God in Israel, and there's no doubt in his mind. And I believe he could do that because David experienced the living God in the every day, as a shepherd growing up, God had anointed him with his spirit, 
And he experienced him in the mundane. He experienced him in the songs. He experienced him in herding sheep, in trials and struggles, in victories with bears and lions. And so Goliath, it was just another day for him. And I, I blessedly, I feel incredibly similar that because of what God has continued to do and love me and just open that gateway for me and me be aware of it, um, the experience is crazy different. Uh, but the walk is just another day. Um, and I don't, I don't know where you all sit with Jesus, and um, your story is not going to be my story. And the way that God invades your life is going to be different than my life. And uh, the beauty is, I promise you, he will forever pursue you. <laughs> forever. There's a... For the week where I was, well, two weeks, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I still have plenty of moments. Um, but probably the best way I can describe that Hezekiah's tunnel feeling, uh, that anxiety or that, uh, that darkness, is um, I'd start to feel kind of tanked physically, and then it, this wave would come over me emotionally, and this wave would come over me spiritually, and it was just trapped. I just felt trapped. Um, trapped in my body, trapped in the hospital, um, trapped in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I'll never read things like Paul being in prison for a couple years when he's doing this, or Joseph being in prison. Um, you know, it used to be, well, you just make the best of your time. And uh, again, I, I, I could not do that. Um, I was at Mayo for 15 days, and I was crawling out of my skin. And, and these people who, I mean, it makes me look at prison different. Um, felt like in prison with my own body. And there was just these waves of darkness that came and, and that were pretty foreign to me. Um, just uncomfortable. Just uncomfortable with life, uncomfortable with my scenario, uncomfortable with my own skin. And um, just so grateful that, that my dad and my wife and my family and Mike and various people were just always there. And uh, Mike and I were talking about different things we learned and he talked about the ministry of presence. Uh, just being there. And to not have to go through any of those things alone uh, was amazing, um, phenomenal. The nights were really rough, and they still are. You know, you can't toss and turn very well. It's, um, to try to get from one side to the next, I feel like I got to squat 250 pounds. And so once you do that, you know, you're kind of amped up, and all I did was, like, move a muscle. And so the nights have been uh, getting much better, but the, first, or the nights in Mayo were really rough, and I was up every single hour. And... Um, that was a time where these guys uh, went back to the hotel and they always were willing to stay and, and we kind of joked about an element, it's, it's time to face the dragon tonight and, uh, and I knew that's, you know, where there's elements where God meets you in solitude. Um, solitude is a furnace of transformation, right Marsh? And so there's an element in that that was, there was even a beauty that, uh, you know, six o'clock and I would just know, oh great, you know, it's getting close to get ready for bed. Here goes another night. But there is also a sweetness of recognizing um, when, when you have nothing and when you're at uh, the epitome of the cliff, that's when God shows up. And he, and he does, and he continues to, and he continues to. And probably the, the, the picture that I got um, was I felt like I was, I was kind of leaning over a cliff, and, and, and the darkness was down there. And very uncomfortable to be you know, head out, maybe your toes are still on the cliff, and it's scary. And there was many times, and there has been many times this month, where uh, I was a little boy. I was scared to death. Um, stripped of everything, 
not afraid to tell you anymore. <laughs> That's where I was. Uh, feeling like there's, there it is, and, and I'm getting ready to go over. And God would never allow that. I find out, and I found out that um, he doesn't always take you over the rushing waters. Uh, he doesn't always keep you from the fire. Um, he will let you sit in there. And he will let you be uncomfortable as he needs to. And he will bring you through crazy rushing waters. Um, but he will never let them overcome you. And that's the promises that he's given us. That um, He doesn't promise us just this perfect, peaceful, comfortable life. He promises us perfect peace for those who set their mind on him. Uh, but I believe that peace is different than I ever I thought, well, if I just continue to trust God, there'll be this uh, surface peace and deep peace. And I believe the promises for the deep peace, that within my heart I know all is well. Um, whether I live or die, I know all is well. Uh, but surface peace uh, eludes you fast. Um, and, and, and I think that, that God lets you sit there um, and be uncomfortable and be aching and, and have pain that you've never experienced um, my deepest, deepest pain has been emotionally. Uh, by God's grace, physical pain hasn't been too bad. I get pretty achy with some neural tension and stuff like that. Um, but all in all, it hasn't been horrible. Uh, but to watch my kids leave after they came to visit uh, felt like my heart was ripping out of my chest. And I've been on many road trips. Um, didn't compare to this kind of thing. Uh, to try to make a decision with Sherry whether she wanted to stay or if it was best for our family to go. Um, I hope I'm more compassionate to people because people go through some tough things and I've always tried to empathize with that. Um, but now I have a little bit of taste of how bad something can hurt emotionally. Um, and, and again, I think that's a gift and I think that's good. And that's where I think God, God doesn't promise to spare me from that. Um, but again, he promises that what he brings me through and to and the fire, um, he will not let it crush us. We'll be pressed down but not crushed. And a big part of his, uh, I guess the redemptive quality of that, the, the rescue, when, when you feel the flames all around you, um, but yet you aren't totally consumed and burned up in despair, when you may have sorrow, but there's a hope on the other side of that. Um, he uses his spirit uh, to meet you personally, and he uses the body. This is going to be the emotional part, so get ready. Um, what you all have... done for my wife and I, and my family in prayer and just concern and thought uh, humbles us to the ground. And recognizing that there's many times where God sees, okay, that's where Nick's at, and I'm going to let him be there, and now he needs redeemed, and now he needs rescued. Um, he, he will bring the perfect person. Someone will send the perfect text. Uh, I'll hear that you guys are here praying for me. Um, all the college teammate that says, I've never, haven't prayed in years, and I haven't spoken to this guy in 10 years, uh, but I heard about you and I was praying for your family for an hour tonight. Um, those things, 
they carry you. And that's what I felt like every time I was going over, that God would, by his spirit, whisper in somebody's spirit, you guys, Nick needs you right now. And, and someone and something would come through the door, and it would, it would hold me and keep me from going under. And I had this picture, and um, run around our circles. We like shields, and we like swords, and we like things like that. Um, and this picture was, I mean, just an army of God's people slamming shield down and locking them in place, surrounding me, that though I felt beat down and weak, uh, I wasn't going to be destroyed. And it was because God was using you. And to be on the receiving end of that, and to be on the inside of that circle, it's the most humbling thing that you could experience. And to know who's behind that, and your guys' availability uh, to the God who promises to meet your every need um, is a glorious, glorious, glorious thing. And so a big part of the night, I feel a little crazy even trying to get up here, um, is to just thank you. Uh, to recognize you guys as instruments of, of God. And to recognize that, you know, I believe that we're here to shake the earth for the kingdom of heaven. And, and you guys have done that for us. <laughs> to hear over and over and over again that I'm the first thing that somebody thinks of when they wake up. And they wake up in the middle of the night and they pray for me. And I got six-year-olds praying for my two-year-old every day. Uh, that does a lot. And I believe that without that, there's, there's no way I would felt I would feel carried. There's no way I wouldn't be totally in complete despair. And again, that's when God waits for the perfect time, and he knows when it is, and he just sends his, his bluebird. Um, one of the best pictures, Mike one day was uh, out in the woods having a day with the Lord and kind of just threw up one of these, and this isn't quite like Mike, but he said, you know, I want to know your presence is here. I want to know you're going to meet me. Send me a bluebird. Um, and, of course, he waited and waited and waited and didn't see a bluebird, and finally I think he got hungry enough he went home. <laughs> um, and probably six months later, Mike was doing um, Know the Covering Ministries that Mike directs as his first men's conference. And so there's a lot of hype about this, and he's excited about it. There's hoping it goes well and some anxiety to it, and uh, wakes up early and goes out on the deck the morning the conference is going to start, and what would you see? Sees a bluebird. And the picture was God in heaven, whispering to his creature, my son needs you right now, so I need you to fly down there and make an appearance to strengthen him and to encourage him and to remind him I'm here. And I believe he did that that day, and I believe he's been whispering in all your ears uh, for the last three weeks uh, for you guys to be sensitive and open enough to, to care about me and my family, to be concerned enough that, that in one sense you say, here I am, Lord, send me. And, and sometimes that might not even be, uh, you might not even be totally conscious of that. Um, but God uses whatever he wants to, and he does whatever he wants to. Um, he's God. And so you can be is you should try to be, I mean, take care of yourself. Do all the things that we preach about doing and as fit as you want. But um, if God wants to, he touches your spine and you're done. And again, he doesn't do that out of anger and he doesn't do that out of vengeance. Um, 
He was delighted to save me from my sin. Uh, and he, if he was going to turn his back on me, he would have done it when he was in the garden. And he didn't then, and he's not going to now. And he's not going to for you guys either. I, I so appreciate um, prayers of, for healing, uh, physical healing. Uh, at first when this happened, I was, I was really praying that I would just have the strength and the faith to receive this if this was life. And uh, just wanted to do this well. And if this, uh, not to resign to it, to, to receive it. And, uh, and Sherry was as well. Um, and then you start seeing a little bit of progress. And you're like, okay, just let me walk again. Um, and that's okay. And I think I want you to keep praying for full recovery. And I'm begging for it. Um, there's a lot of things on my list that I want to do. Um, but ultimately, again, we go back to this is about surrender. And uh, they don't know whether I'll have full recovery, partial recovery, or this is as good as it gets physically. Um, only God knows that. And my job right now is, I believe, to do everything I can to position myself for recovery. 1 Corinthians 7 says, if you're a slave and the opportunity comes up to be free, by all means, free yourself. Um, but be content as a slave. And that's kind of what I feel now is we're going to bust our tail with therapy. Um, and rehab, and we're going to try to hit cellular nutrition and macronutrition and do everything we can to get my cells rolling. Um, but as you guys know, God is the one who gets to decide um, when life comes and when death comes and when healing comes. And so I want you to keep praying for, for recovery and, and full recovery. Uh, but as much as anything, pray for a surrendered heart for my family and I that um, there would be no sense of resigning, um, but it would be full, total acceptance that uh, if God likes me better in a wheelchair, that that's a good thing. There's a lot of people in the Bible that got healed. And there's a lot of people that he touched and they were better like that. But there's also a lot of people that he, John the Baptist, who he loved deeply and he let be beheaded. And Stephen, who he let die. And again, from the outside, we feel like, that's bad. It's not. Being in the center of God's will is good. And that's what I want prayer for. Um, don't stop praying for healing, but I don't know, part of me says, I don't, whether it's a thousand or a million people praying for this, God, sometimes God hears and says, okay, I'll spare the city. Um, okay, I'll stop the earth. Uh, and other times he says, that's okay, I, I know what I'm doing. Um, Jesus prayed for the cup to pass, um, but ultimately said, you will be done, and it's a darn good thing he did because our eternal destiny hung in the balance, and by his choosing of surrender, uh, we have eternal life. And so nobody knows what God's will is for you, um, what God's will is for me as far as healing or not, um, life or death, uh, but you can be certain and we can be sure that what God has for us is out of love, and what God has for us is good. And uh, I don't totally understand what it is to have eternal eyes. Um, I know that the best is yet to come. Uh, I know that the be best is yet to come even here and now. Uh, so if this, is, if this is my home for a while, God promises that that's best. Uh, it's hard to say. I believe it deep down within my heart. Um, I don't always believe it up here. And there's an element where, really, I, I recognize there's a lot of times in my life where I thought, you know, if, if, if God's will is 
to pour me out as a drink offering for the sake of his kingdom, so be it. Um, but the reality, you guys, is there's been many moments in the last three weeks where I don't want anything to do with the hero. I don't want anything to do with being a martyr. I just want out of this thing. And that's what I mean by weakness, that God shows you that as strong as you think you are, as much faith as you think you have, um, I just don't bring anything to the table. And if there's any faith that I execute towards God, it is very, very little. And it is a great, big God. He's going to have his way. It's going to be good. And for all of you, I cannot thank you enough for just your concern and your prayer and the love that you have given us. And from the most genuine part of my heart, um, that's where that comes from. I've experienced a ton of love in my life, uh, but this is, it's, 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 it's hard to describe. Let's pray. Father, as you have um, always been faithful, and you always will be faithful, whether it be in things that we deem as little or things that we deem uh, big. I pray for each of us that uh, you would grace us with faith to trust you, that I recognize that it's nothing that I can, that I can muster up or, or conjure up, God, but it's just a, it's a result of you gifting it to me and you proving yourself time and time and time and time again to me of your love. And I pray that you would show these people that and uh, they could taste your goodness. And so regardless of how big something seems or how little something seems in their life, it's, it's their world. And um, when our kids lose a toy, <laughs> it feels as emotional as I feel now. And I pray that in those moments in each, each of these people's lives that uh, you would do what you've done for me, that you would, you would show up in an undeniable way. I pray for myself that you would continue to, to grace me with the faith to not necessarily battle physically with therapy um, or to act strong, uh, but to never, never let the flesh win a moment. That we could each be just totally surrendered to our own weakness and our own bankruptcy and just watch you be great and make good on your promises over and over and over again until you bring us to yourself where we will see you as you truly are. Help each of us to live life to the fullest, that uh, even leaving here that we would recognize that we have an opportunity to live abundantly, uh, regardless of our circumstance, regardless of what's going on. And God, I know I can, I can say that loud now, but recognizing that there's many moments where I can't. And so I thank you for carrying me. I thank you for these people that have carried me uh, and my family. Thank you for their service to your kingdom. And I pray that their joy would be made full uh, just having the awareness that they were used by God. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.